0: And also, your internal and external investigations are directly or indirectly affected by the remote environment we experienced over the last months. This episode could definitely be of interest. We talk about the key elements of conducting successful remote investigations. Good to have you here. Corporate Integrity. Fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters, to leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact Foster corporate integrity and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast The Human Factor Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be an investigator, an auditor, an integrity enthusiast, a business leader, corporate integrity counsel, or on your way there. I'm your mentor when it comes to corporate integrity with impact, founder of the Corporate Integrity Academy and Corporate Integrity Concepts, with the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation, and actionability, yours and the one of your organizations. Why? Because corporate integrity matters, and now... Let's talk about the success factors to keep in mind when it comes to conducting remote investigations. Of course, every single investigation is different, and it always depends on the individual circumstances. But the last year made visible how vulnerable we are also in our industry. You might also have heard our episode number 13 when the changes in our fraud-fighting industry was on focus. The entire investigation process is impacted in one or the other way. We cannot deny the changes and additional requirements we have. Therefore, I am convinced that it needs more reflection and review of the investigation process too. So what did we do in the past? What do do we need right now? The use cases and examples of the last few months demonstrated a wide variety of maturity level of the teams conducting investigations and not only the teams itself. And by saying that, these different setups and processes were raised by one of the peers of the corporate integrity circle a few weeks ago. It became obvious how different the maturity levels are in terms of first the team set up, second the investments done or especially hold back in the ongoing financial year, the missing budgets for the future and the lack of training opportunities they have. Recognizing that this topic seems to be a real need of our industry and especially of the investigation teams, I promised to take it up. With the knowledge we all earned, which is supported by different studies, it is crucial that we have a process and we have processes and tools in place which supports us on our mission and vision of fighting against fraud and bringing the facts to the table. Professional and adapted to the individual investigation processes, which is much more effective for all involved parties than just yet hoc exercises. And that is what we need to have for our internal and external clients too. Therefore, we need a high maturity level of adaptability also when it comes to our own investigation processes. So where do you stand there? The argument I heard from the different participants in our peer discussions (laughs) were that it was very hard to sell their needs to the relevant sponsors. So they exactly knew what they need to have, but it was not easy to make them heard. Understandable, as during a crisis, crisis, the actionability as such and the capacity to make foresightful decisions might be limited, depending on the ones being responsible. And that is what I heard quite often. Either no decision late decision, or decisions which cannot be understood by the investigation leaders. How is it in your organization? Is it the same? Either no decision, late decision, or decisions which cannot be understood? And here I come back, what I have prayed for so many years and still believe in. Internal investigations need a sponsor. Of course, also the external ones, but you all know that the external ones are often not chosen. This does not mean that the sponsor must be directly involved, but should at least understand the importance and stand in for it on his or her level. You do good if you have that sponsor on board level. If you now reflect on your situation, first question is, are you a sponsor when it comes to internal investigations? Or if you are the one responsible for investigations, do you have a sponsor? And if so, how effective is it, that relationship, and what could be improved, for example? especially during crises which are not inherently fraud or non-compliance in c- compliant incidents it is even more important to have such a spon- sponsorship on top level because as we have learned with an external crisis like the pandemic for example the focus shifts away the additional risks based on the new situations are often overseen also the vulnerability Happened in our industry when we see the increasing cases, which we discussed the episode before, episode number thirteen. A friend of mine is heading the internal internal investigation department of a global market player. He has a direct dotted line to the audit committee chair, within the group's board. When they faced a serious incident end of the last year he immediately knew that that the current setup needs review to ensure that an effective investigation can be conducted. In addition to the entire strategic and operational planning, also the internal fundraising had to be done. These were all investments and costs not yet included in the financial year's budget, because this was done a year before. Without that strong understanding of importance, also on board level, and it is good for him to have that, it would have become a much less efficient investigation, which could also mean that we often pay with missing facts if we don't have the budget to go into all the details. And what are the key aspects to focus on when it comes to investigations on remote environments? A few of them are often not yet introduced. There are, of course, additional ones. And as always, it depends on the maturity level an organization and team is at. Then reflect on what could be improved. So I will start, as for each investigation, with the planning, with the strategic planning. We have two levels of planning, the strategical one and the operational one. Switching to a complete remote planning process will need additional time spent on the setup as such. Some of the most important aspects are the information and data channels. So the questions are going to be raised, how can we ensure that the entire team is informed? What is the internal protect- protected and secured platform to share internal information? And that question can be broken down into two parts. Within the investigation team only, so what is going to be shared within the investigation team without the client or without any other party? And the second one is with other stakeholders, if that's needed, and sometimes it's definitely needed. So do we have a project management management tool in place, of course also protected and secured, which fulfills the needs of the full remote work. I would expect that most of the global investigation teams already have most of the above-mentioned tools in place, so the questions are answered. What What it often needs is to really use it. This means everybody has to commit to use the identified and implemented tools with the dedicated functionalities. Otherwise, as with all tools, some of the team members use it, others not. With incomplete information, an effective investigation management is not possible and it costs you so much time. Setting up the workflows for remote team needs even more discipline for, from all of the involved parties. And it starts exactly here the availabilities, the work streams and tasks, and ends with the open items to be solved for the report writing phases. Often, documentation is not the strongest point of some team members. So when it comes to the investigation teams, are they already used to work remotely? Not all of them are. It always depends where they come from, what kind of background they have and how they are used to work. And do we have new members or ones not used to work remotely? And how can we integrate them and bring them up to speed? Goal must be that the teaming receives most attention, especially in this kickoff and planning phase. We all depend about the great great team, so the human factor is back here. Technology and infrastructure. Where do we stand there? How is the actual setup? The highest security level is not discussable at all, and for the teams already working remotely, state-of-the-art. What is needed in addition, how fast could that be delivered if we have to improve on that? I know, the time of ordering and receiving hard software was not an issue up to March 2020. But these days, it is crucial, and sometimes We are waiting weeks and months to receive what we have ordered. Coming to the next point, that's the data collection. We all know that there are certain data we must collect during an investigation, which are not all just electronically available. I am talking about the images we need to have from specific devices, like notebooks, desktops and mobile devices. So what is the process to obtain this important and confidential information with as less as possible physical interactions? What is your plan on that and how did you set it up? Are there different levels which could be set up to a standardized process? Because as soon as you have it standardized, the more time you can save on on that specific part. For the e-discovery process, I would not expect a big pivot to the normal workflow we already have in process because that's just standard and we use it for years now. Of course, also here, as already mentioned before, when we have to acquire devices, we need to have a plan to ensure that we receive what we identified to be under investigation. So we, here we have, put, have to put an eye on also the review and reporting report writing process, if the workflows with a the team and information exchange are well implemented, can be conduct, con- conducted as investigators are used to it remotely. And you might already know that I kept the best piece for the end, and maybe for the remote work also the most challenging one. That's also one of my favorite disciplines during an investigation next to the investigation strategy. So, we talk about the interviews. Yes, here we have to get in touch with people to find additional evidence and information supporting the entire investigation. We all learned how to perform during virtual meetings via tools, using cameras and microphones. Of course, documents can be uploaded and shared within the por- between the parties, of when it shared with the parties, between the parties. But for a professional interview, an investigative interview, where it is necessary to observe the interviewee's reaction and assess the credibility of those Verbally and non-verbally, physical interview should still be the preferred option. It makes a difference when the environment, setting, sound, and paces, as well as the demonstration of data, can be used to find the answers. The interaction between interviewees and the interviewer often let the entire investigation move a big step forward. That's the experience I gained over all these years of doing investigative interviews. So please, be careful when you plan the interviews. Rather wait a little bit, if possible, instead of having all interviews done remote, remote only. And as a final tip, a lot of teams in our industry easily adapted to the new circumstances. Some of them did not even have to, as they also conducted global investigation in a remote setting for years now. Others are still on their way and with the before-mentioned key elements of data and information channels, the team setup and teaming, technique and infrastructure, as well as with the last but not least most important discipline of interviews, I'm convinced that the necessary maturity level can be achieved by all of us. And for all of us. My personal conclusion is, when it comes to our human being, and with that to the human factor, we have to address the highest attention. Without a team which exactly knows about the new processes, the expectations, and tools available, our investigations will not be successful. Same for the interviews. Here, you have the biggest leverage to find the smoking gun, the interaction between humans. Of course, supported by technology. You know me already a little bit, and I'm a big fan of the latest tools and gadgets, gadgets supporting our investigations. Let me come back to the questions which could be used for you to analyze the current situation about the sponsorship for internal investigations. Are you a sponsor when it comes to internal investigation? Or if you are the one responsible for investigations, do you, have a spo- do you have a sponsor yet? And if so, how effective is that sponsorship and what could be improved? As always, you will also find the questions again in the show notes. And this was episode number 14 of The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. Following the belief corporate integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. Would you like to learn more, meet peers, and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. That's it from my side. I Thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stirnimon and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye.